What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Fast and Furious season here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movie and TV. Each week, I break down and review the newest releases, beloved franchises like Fast and Furious, and even upcoming projects. You can support the show by hitting that follow button on your favorite podcast network, as well as following it on all social media platforms. You can find all of those handles in either the Cinematic Reviews Facebook page or the show's website at podgepage.com backslash cinematic reviews it helps the podcast out a lot and i appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone dominic toretto just went rogue the fate of the furious is speeding your way Dom, your family is about to go up against the only thing they can't handle you you want to see the old die watch why he's doing this they don't give up on him so easy let's go here they come now it's my turn why are they shooting at me baby because you're in an orange lamborghini shut up kids that's all right don't turn your back on family fire come and get him Fate of the Furious was released on April 14th, 2017. The film stars Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto, Michelle Rodriguez as Letty Ortiz, Dwayne Johnson as Luke Hobbs, Jason Statham as Deckard Shaw, and Charlize Theron as Cypher. The film was directed by F. Gary Gray, who is best known for directing Friday, The Italian Job, and Law Abiding Citizen. There are a couple of tributes to Paul Walker throughout the film. We have Scott Eastwood, who is the real-life friend of Paul Walker. He drives two Subarus in the film. The GTR that Brian drives in Furious 7 can be seen in the garage, a.k.a. toy shop. During the 10 most wanted list scene, Mr. Nobody, who is played again by Kurt Russell, uh, the number seven is missing when he lists off which character goes with which number on the list. Uh, this is, of course, a tribute to Paul Walker, who unfortunately died during the production of Furious 7. And then Dominic Toretto names his son Brian. The Dwayne Johnson-Vin Diesel feud reached its boiling point during the filming of this installment, so much so that Johnson decided to pass on F9 and move on to the first spinoff of the franchise, Hobbs and Shaw. Reportedly, this started when Johnson posted to Instagram due to some of his scenes being cut by Vin Diesel, who confronted Johnson afterwards. Uh, reports say that Vin Diesel's behavior was due to the announcement of the spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, which would delay the production of Fast 9. This was the first major blockbuster to film in Cuba since the 1950s. At the end of the film, Hobbs decides to retire after 16 years. The Fast and the Furious, which was the first film of the franchise, actually came out 16 years before this film came out in 2017. And then lastly, Lucas Black was originally going to reprise his role from Tokyo Drift and Furious 7, but with scheduling conflicts uh, with his show NCIS New Orleans, uh, that prevented him from appearing. No real loss there, honestly. 
So Fate of the Furious is where the franchise starts to take a hit uh, as far as quality goes. Uh, this is the first film without Paul Walker, and you really do feel his absence in this. Uh, I still today believe that there is a great film in here somewhere. It's just really unfortunate that Brian wasn't a part of this story. Uh, this time around, the Toretto family goes up against their own. Dom is forced into working with a cyber terrorist called Cypher, who is played by Charlie Sterone. Uh, it turns out Dom and Elena had a son, and Cypher kidnapped them in order to control Dom and do her bidding. It also turns out that Cypher was behind the events of Fast 6 and Furious 7. Uh, she apparently hired Owen Shaw to steal the Nightshade device, and then she was working with Jaconde in retrieving the God's Eye in Furious 7. A lot of franchises uh, tend to do this, so it wasn't really surprising uh, that Fast and Furious joined uh, that trend. Um, but I, I do think that there is, on paper, a really, really good film here. Um, I mean, we have Charlize Theron as the bad guy. Uh, she is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of her. Uh, Italian job, monster atomic blonde uh she's in the mcu now uh part of the fast and furious franchise of course she's just phenomenal the only thing that i have to say negatively about her is the choice of hairstyle and i'll get into that more later on but that was a bad choice uh, otherwise she was fantastic in here uh everyone else is back uh which i love we have letty tej roman ramsey hobbs mr nobody and even deckard shaw coming back uh, Statham ends up joining the team in order to seek payback on Cypher for corrupting his brother Owen in Furious 7. We're introduced to Scott Eastwood's character. Uh, Eastwood actually isn't given a name in the film. He just he just ends up getting referred to as Little Nobody after Roman dubs him that nickname. Uh, I honestly found Eastwood's character pretty annoying. Uh, I understand that he was really good friends with Paul Walker um, and he wanted to be in this film. I respect that. But the guy isn't a good actor. Uh, the film at times tries to put him into the Brian role of the story. And I honestly hate that. Uh, Letty uh, fills in the absence as well of Brian. Uh, but that worked more for me because it makes sense. You know, she's Dom's wife. Of course, she's going to want to go up against Dom and try to bring him back. Um, she didn't have a whole lot of screen time uh, interacting with Paul Walker. But she is the next best thing to try to convince Dom to come back. Yeah, uh, I would love it if Paul Walker was still alive today and he was in this film as kind of the anchor to pull Dom back. Um, but, I mean, not much we can do. He tragically passed away and they kind of did the best that they did. Um, I respect that. It's just don't really care much for the Eastwood character. We honestly could have just cut him out. Uh, we could have had more Kurt Russell. Uh, we could have had Letty kind of step up more. Uh, I just really don't think that Eastwood is a really good actor. So he's just unfortunately miscast in here. We could just cut the entire little nobody character out and it doesn't change the movie. It probably even improves it, honestly. Uh, my point is, and it's going to be the main point of this episode today, is the film would have been 100 times better if Brian was in it. It's just simple as that. Uh, like I said, we've been able to get Brian and Dom go head-to-head -head. once again. Uh, we would probably have seen Mia show up more, maybe even see the kids. Uh, we would have seen an emotional moment between the Brian and Dom after he goes rogue. Uh, just on paper, this is a great movie. 
It's a great installment to the Fast and Furious franchise. It's an awesome idea to have Dom go rogue and fight the family. I have a couple of more negatives, but I want to save them for the negative segment for today's episode. It's just my my point is is Brian really held this franchise together and with this film being the first after his passing, it just really sucks that from here on out the franchise just gets worse and worse uh up until fast 10 and it's just it's just off the rails really bad um this is the best of the newer ones honestly um that's why it's it's, when i get to the rankings is a little higher than probably a lot of people have it and it's because i think they did it the best job that they could without paul walker after this it's just they they dive harder and harder with the stunts and the unrealistic ability about it uh to kind of make up for the lack of story and the absence of Paul Walker. And yeah, when we get to fast nine, you know, there's a couple of hints there of, you know, hint, reminding the audience that Brian is alive and he is around. Um, but here, I think the story is the best of these new installments. Uh, I really like the idea of Dom going against the family uh, because he has to protect, you know, his son and Elena and, and everybody else that he cares about. He's, he has no choice as he makes it clear in the film to cipher. He he's boxed in and he's just trying to do the best that he can. And I think that is a really, really good story. Uh, it's just surrounded by all this other garbage, like the Eastwood character and the, some of the CGI and Charlie Sterling's hairstyle and all, all that other crap that we don't need in here. And then, of course, the absence of Paul Walker, and it just it just sucks that he is gone, and this franchise is is really on thin ice as far as quality. So it's just really, really unfortunate. I did enjoy the film a lot more during this rewatch, even although it might not sound like it. Uh, I love the action. I love the characters for the most part. I love the idea of the story. Just wasn't executed as well as it could have. Uh, and I love that Dom has a kid now. Uh, it helps grow the franchise in a positive way. I mean, how cool would it be if Brian's son and Dom's son and they're teaming up in the future? We can just kind of circle back to the Fast and the Furious and just kind of restart this entire franchise with their kids. Um, that just blows my mind. I guess that gets me kind of excited. Um, there is a lot to enjoy with installment, and, and it's just really, really overpowered by bad execution. Uh, but I'm still I'm still excited for today's breakdown because there are some really, really awesome scenes in here that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, so with that, let's take a quick break uh, before diving into the standout scenes of The Fate of the Furious. On the next new release reactions, it's the Equalizer 3. Join me as I react to the final chapter of the Denzel Washington Equalizer story, which is out now in theaters. Check out the Equalizer 3 this weekend, and then head over to Cinemac Reviews for the reaction episode. It's time to dive into some standout scenes of Fate of the Furious. The first one I have on the list is Dom Racing in Cuba. Uh, this is an awesome way to kick off the installment. It's very, very reminiscent of the first film, uh, of kind of how racing was at the core of that film. It starts off with the race. Um, really big homage to 
Dom and Brian racing each other. So Vin Diesel, from what I understand, really wanted to uh, pay respect to his his pal Paul Walker. So he had uh, the film start off with a race in Cuba. Uh, like I said in the fact segment, this was the first time uh, that they filmed in Cuba ever since the 1950s um, because of the Mission Cuba crisis and all that stuff. Uh, so that's a really, really cool fact. Uh, but this is a great scene. I, I, I really miss the racing uh, in these newer installments. So it's really nice uh, to get back to the core of the franchise, which was the races. Uh, this was a pretty crazy race. Um, really unrealistic and, and really bonkers, but still a lot of uh, enjoyment out of it. Uh, Dom ends up driving his cousin's car, which is a broken down piece of crap. Uh, so Dom is forced to just rip this baby apart. Uh, you see the engine, uh, the doors come off. Uh, he does this little trick with the uh, with the nas or with, uh, the nas or Cuban nas, as Letty calls it. Uh, he does this little trick with the uh, the pop can uh, tab piece uh, that the Buster, aka Brian, uh, taught him. So that was a really cool homage as well to Paul Walker. Uh, essentially this is supposed to, from my understand, help the engine from overheating too quickly or, or something like that. Well, it ends up exploding at the end of this race. Uh, but it, it, I'm out of, I'm out of mechanic, but from what I understand, uh, it, it, it allows the engine to kind of get a last kind of push, uh, with, uh, with the NOS going into it and, and to help Dom kind of get to that last you know few inches of the race uh to end up winning uh but it is pretty enjoyable race uh he goes up against this uh i don't know what you would call him uh some kind of not really a mob guy but he 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 seems to be this kind of this big presence in in, in cuba uh i guess his cousin owes him money uh so dom ends up uh, racing uh, to get him out of get his cousin out of the situation. Um, also, I mean, when you disrespect Letty, I mean, Dom's gonna kind of got to kick your ass, so understandable as well. Uh, but great race, uh, very, very intense. We got Dom just doing all crazy stuff at one point, he's got to drive backwards because the engine's on fire. Uh, once he beats this guy. He has to bail out of the car. The car goes flying up in the air, explodes in the water. It's just, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy way to end a race. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really fun scene to watch. Then we have Dom betraying the team during the Berlin mission. Uh, awesome uh, action sequence with, uh, they come busting out of the, uh, the German headquarters uh, with this EMP device. Um, Tez does this cool trick with a wrecking ball on how he's able to to just knock out all the the uh, enemies' uh, cars out of the way. Uh, they seem to they have a really good uh, track record of just they get the craziest stuff with these stunts. I mean, the wrecking ball is is crazy. You know, Furious Seven, we had them jumping skyscrapers. Uh, Fast Five, we had them dragging a giant ass safe throughout rio uh yeah it's just the wrecking ball was a nice touch i really, really like it and then putting the little winky smiley face on it was fun as well 
Uh, this is where Dom be is betrayed the team because before the mission, he was confronted by Charlie Sterone Cipher. Uh, it is unknown at this point in the story why Dom is working for her. Um, we assume that he has to have a really, really good reason uh, because we know Dom. We love Dom. We know that he is all about family. And there has to be something really, really important to cause him to go up against his family. Well, turns out in a couple of scenes later, he portrays his family for family. So, but sticking with the Mer the Berlin mission, really, really cool. Um, he ends up flipping Hobbs' truck uh, and stealing the EMP. And then that's where we get the line uh, that I opened the episode with where Hobbs goes on the radio and says, Dominic Toretto betrayed us. Dominic just went rogue, you know? So it's a really dramatic moment of the story about how Dom has betrayed the family. And it's supposed to make the audience you know, emotional. Maybe it didn't work for some people. It kind of works for me. Uh, but I think overall, this was a really, really fun scene. Then we get probably my favorite scene in the movie, and that is Deckard and Hobbs uh, kind of arguing, crack, throwing dunks at each other, and then eventually uh, trying to fight each other during this huge prison break. So as a result of Hobbs losing the MP to Dom, he is arrested uh, for attacking a German base. Uh, so he has to go to prison, serve some time, even though Mr. Nobody offered uh, to help him out. But he, being the stubborn one, wants to do it himself. He wants to get out the right way. He doesn't want to use any black ops back channels. Uh, and he doesn't want to work for Mr. Nobody. He wants to be a respectable citizen in society, which I totally understand. So he ends up in prison. Turns out his, the guy across the way from him is none other than Jason Statham, a.k.a. Deckard Shaw. So they kind of throw at uh, some jokes to each other. Got a couple of them in the favorite code segment of today. Really, really funny. I, this kind of sets up the Hobbs and Shaw movie. Uh, so I thought that was a really, really nice touch. Um, but yeah, great action as, as well. Um, somebody tries, it's, it's assumed that Mr. Nobody is the one to break out, uh, Deckard and, and Hobbs. Uh, we don't find out until afterwards, but awesome fighting throughout this prison. It's just chaos. You got, um, we got rubber bullets being shot at people. You got prisoners fighting each other. You got prisoners fighting guards. Statham sees this as a way to get out. So he's busting up guards and, and inmates as well as he's jumping around like a monkey trying to get through this chaos and escape the prison. We have Hobbs, who is the good guy, fighting guards because he has to, because he's trying to get them to understand that Deckard needs to be stopped, that he is here to help. But then Hobbs eventually just says, screw it. I'm going to go get Deckard myself. So he ends up fighting inmates and uh, guards as well. Uh, we get the one shot in there where, where he goes up against like four guards and then it cuts and then we see this empty hallway and the four guards getting thrown into the wall to show that the rock is, is huge and strong and he's able to take on four guys with one movement. It's really, really cool. We get Statham doing the opposite where he's doing, you know, using his speed and his quickness 
uh, other versus using strength, you know. So that's really cool to get this power dynamic of the two different fighting styles. Um, but we don't get to see them fight. You know, it stops right when they're about to throw the first punches at each other. Uh, but it's an awesome scene. It's probably my favorite. It's got my favorite line, but I want to save that for favorite quotes. So, but definitely probably my favorite standout scene. It's the scene I jump through the to the most when I hear the title, "The Fate of the Furious." So, awesome, awesome scene. You could probably just watch this on a loop and on YouTube. But it's just it's awesome. Then we go down to Dom and Cipher attacking nowhere, which has been branded the headquarters of this Black Shadow. Uh, operation that is run by Mr. Nobody. Crazy sequence. We get these really, really cool concussion grenades that come out of this device on the floor, and it shoots like five or six of these things at once. It's really, really cool. The Rock at one point grabs one, throws one, but he's still thrown through some glass. Uh, this is where we get the... Not really a reveal, but we get the first... Uh, interaction with rogue dom and and letty so you know she's trying to talk to him about you know you're gonna turn your back on family you know you're making a big mistake this is us you know us i know you you, you this isn't you uh so charlie Theron comes in and kisses dom not really on board with that i don't know what that was all about probably could have cut that out of there we didn't really didn't need it it's just really really awkward uh, but other than that, it's a really, really cool scene. I, I love the action in here. Then we move forward a little bit. And the next scene I have is the Elena and little B, AKA Brian. Uh, he ends up being nicknamed little B in future installments. So I just refer to him as little B. Uh, we get the reveal that they exist and they are the reason why Dom, uh, is doing what he's doing. It's very emotional. Um, Little B is really, really cute. Uh, Elena's back. Uh, she's awesome in here, even though we only get to see her in a couple of scenes, and she's behind glass the entire time. But really cool that we get the call back to her and and the reveal of her son. Not, I was going to, I'll talk about this a little more in the negative segment, but I wanted to at least bring it up now. Um, I'm not exactly sure the timeline on how this all works out. Um so she must have been pregnant during at the beginning of Fast Six because that is the last time that they are together romantically. So I need to look up. The, I should have looked up the timeline of this, but it it seems like a really, really, really long pregnancy. So she was probably pregnant through most of Fast Six, all of Furious Seven, or maybe she had the baby in Furious Seven. And it's just revealed in, fa in Fast 8 that Little B exists. I mean, Little B is not that old. Um, but maybe maybe I'm just over analyzing it. But it seems like the pregnancy here is a bit wonky as far as timeline goes. That's my big issue with this. Otherwise, it's a pretty emotional scene. Like I said, really, really cool to get Elena back in the franchise. Um, and the reveal Little B, who is really, really cute. So really cool scene. Then we go to Dom stealing the nuclear football from the Russians, which is a really badass scene. Uh, we get this crazy stunt sequence with Cypher uh, remote controlling all the cars in the city. Uh, so we get this really big, it looks like a zombie horde, but with cars going through the city, 
and they kind of just crash into this motorcade uh, that the Russian prime minister or president is in. Uh, they have the nuclear codes with them. This is Dom missions to get the nuclear codes. So he puts on this really cool like army of two, if you ever play that game. Really cool army of two masks, as I like to call it. He's got this giant chainsaw with him. He's got this really, really cool ballistic shield. Uh, he looks like a badass. Uh, I really like this look on Dom, honestly, even though he's the bad guy, technically. Uh, but I really, really do like this look of him. He looks like a Vin Diesel was a badass in this moment, even if I don't think he's the greatest actor ever. He looked like a true badass, and I love it. Uh, this scene was really, really intense, really action-filled. Uh, in order to get the nuclear codes, he you know, cuts open uh, the gas compartment of the limousine and threatens to throw a flare on it and blow them up if they don't give them the nuclear codes. Uh, so that was a pretty smart way to kind of get the codes without killing anybody. Um, but yeah, that, that, stunt, that stunt scene with all the, the zombie cars was really, really cool. CGI wasn't great on there. There's a couple shots in there where I thought this, the CGI was pretty shoddy. Uh, but for the most part, it looks like they did uh, a large part of it practically, especially the the scene when the cars are going off of the garage ramp off of the uh, the ledge there and falling down on the limousine. Uh, that was a lot of that was done practically. Uh, so that was really cool. Then we go to Dom versus the team. So this is right after he gets the nuclear football um, and the team shows up with their new little hot rods that they got from the toy shop, as they call it. Uh, from Mr. Nobody's warehouse. And we get this cable scene where they sh shoot the cables into Dom's car and try to stretch him out and rip his car apart to so that he can't escape. Um, dialogue isn't great in here. You know, we get that really weird scene where, you know, they're like talking about how many horses he's got under there and Statham ends with a try like 5,000 horses. We don't need that. You know, we didn't really need dialogue. Scotty, uh, Scott Eastwood was a was a dumbass in here. Uh, he tries to just go head to head Dom, and he gets taken out of the equation pretty quickly, which I enjoyed. You know, he can just stay out of this entire movie if you ask me. Um, otherwise, this is a pretty cool uh, action sequence with the team going up against Dom uh, for the first time. Um, Dom eventually, you know, being being the badass that he is, though he does escape. Uh, he ends up. At one point, he crashes into Roman's Bentley and flips him over, uh, causing him to have some room to work here. And he drives forward and he flips, I believe it's Tej and uh, Letty's cars into each other. It was a really cool sequence. He takes Hobbs out in a really weird way that does not work realistically, but I mean, it's a badass move. So... And I'm not even going to try to explain this with science because I don't even think this is possible. But what they what they did was so apparently the cable was stretched out enough to where Dom had to just punch his car door open and shoot the door at Hobbs, and it pushes his huge truck back uh, a good amount of feet and, and takes him out of commission. Not exactly sure the science hold up on that one, but I mean it's a badass move and I like it, uh, but very very unrealistic. Uh, that Vin Diesel is able to punch a corridor off so hard that it takes out a this massive monster truck that Hobbs is uh, is driving, and then of course he takes Statham out by flipping him over as well, um, and then shooting him 
which comes back later. Um, but it is supposed to have the audience, you know, thinking that Statham is dead and that Dom actually killed Statham. Uh, but we all know Dom and he didn't actually kill Statham and that comes back later. Uh, but it was a really, really cool action sequence for sure. Uh, then we go to Cypher killing Elena in front of Dom. Very emotional scene, uh, seeing one of the fast characters die. And there's no way she can come back from this. I don't care how they try to explain her coming back. If they do, she is dead. Cypher had uh, Rhodes put a bullet in her. She is gone. No way she's coming back from that. Um, but very, very emotional. Uh, because, I mean, I did like Elena in, in Fast Five. I thought she was really, really cool. Um, she kind of pops up here and there after fast five until now. Um, but I think she's, she's a really, really cool character in this franchise and it's unfortunate that she had to die. But honestly, you can't have Dom with the son and his ex lover and married to Letty all at once. So, I mean, one of them had to go and Elena essentially just drew the short stick. Uh, so they killed off her character so that Letty and Dom can be together and they can raise little B together. So it's kind of messy. It's kind of dirty, but it, 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 it had to happen. You had to get rid of the Elena character because it just caused too much of a mess uh, with them having a kid together and then Dom being back with Letty. So I think if it were me, we probably wouldn't have had the Elena character in there at all. Letty wouldn't have died. Uh, if I was writing this franchise, I would have had the little B be the son of Letty and Dom. But hey, I'm that's just me. That's just how I see it. But but still emotional scene, even though I have some issues with the whole Elena character. Anyways, even though she is badass. Then we jump over to Dom attacking the Russian base with the MP that he stole from Hobbs and it is installed into a Dodge. Uh, really, really like that car that he's driving. That'll come back later in the episode. Just hold on for that for a second. Um, really, really cool how he uses his EMP, though. Uh, he fire. I think he's got like three blasts for the EMP, and then it's out of commission. So he's able to take down the security measures. That's how he's able to get in there. Uh, he takes out... Uh, maybe it was two blasts that he had, because he takes out the security, and then he's got to wait for the charge... Then he goes under the sub. So he has two blasts, not three. That's my bad there. I can't do math today. Uh, so he has two blasts. The second blast he does is when he's under the sub. And it reactivates the submarine that has the nukes in it. And then he takes out the helicopter as well as shooting them. Really, really cool uh, how his car held up here. And then we get the introduction of a sub, uh, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, then we have the, the team uh, who is led by Hobbs and Letty. Going up against the separatists, uh, who are who have taken over this Russian base and the sub, uh, so so they are kind of taking out these guys first uh, before they can take out the sub. Uh, so they end up on this ice. Uh, actually, I got that reversed. So they so they deactivate the nukes and the sub first, and then they fight these guys on the ice. That's how it ends up going. That's my bad. I always get, I always blend those two. This entire third act kind of just ends up being a blur for me because there's so much stuff going on at once. They kind of just half-assed and threw this third act together. Uh, so I always get the timeline of these events mixed up. Uh, but essentially, they're here to stop the the nukes from firing from the sub. So they do that. 
Um, I didn't put it on the list, but we get that scene with Tej and Roman and, and Scott Eastwood's little nobody going in the sub and trying to deactivate the nukes. They do that. Then they have to get through. Um, they have to go across this ice in order to block the sub from getting out. Uh, because Cypher wants, now that Cypher can't remotely detonate the nukes, she has to get the sub out so that she can still use the sub. Um, so they, we get this big fight on the ice uh, between the team and the Separatists. You know, they're firing missiles. Eventually, the sub fires torpedoes. Uh, it's crazy. We got Roman driving this orange Lamborghini that ends up going into the water, and he gets flung out uh, by Tej on this cable in the door. Um, we get that cool scene where he he beats uh, the one guy on the snowmobiles with the, with the car door of the Lamborghini, picks up his gun, and takes out the four dudes uh, with one bullet each, kind of showing that Roman is actually a badass and knows how to shoot a gun. Because uh, we don't really get to see him kind of do stuff like that very often. Usually that's Paul Walker's character. Uh, another point, we get, we get Hobbs hanging out the car, the truck door that he's in, and m- with his hand, moves a freaking torpedo into a, the other enemy truck. I don't know how. I don't know the fix, physics behind that. There's no way The Rock is going to push a freaking torpedo like that. Uh, it's just a lot of this stuff is really unrealistic. You got Letty driving on top of this. When the ice starts breaking from the sub, She's kind of she's using like the suspension and stuff to to dodge all these icebergs and and jumping on the ice like lily, lily pads. It was it's it's all crazy. It's all action. It's this entire third act is just really where the stunts get really unrealistic and and pretty crazy. Uh, but it's entertaining, you know. So you kind of have to turn your brain off on all this. Uh, but realistically, and this isn't one of my my negatives realistically they would have died during this fight um but with some luck and and some you know it being a movie um they end up surviving this huge chaos of a fight on the ice uh but it's very very entertaining i get you know i get when this is on when this is on i am i am locked in i'm watching all this because there is some really cool stuff and you get the interactions between the characters it's really really cool then Probably, this is probably tied for my favorite scene. Um, but I really do like that prison break scene with Hobbs and Shaw. But this one's really, really good as well. This is this this is like one A one B with these scenes. So this next scene is we have Owen and Deckard going onto Cypher's plane to rescue Little B for Dom. Uh, this was kind of Dom's contingency plan or his backup plan in order to take down Cypher. Uh, so he hires the Shaw brothers through their mom, who is played by Helen Mirren. Shout out to Helen Mirren, who is apparently a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. So she wanted to be in here, and she had a blast filming this, I guess. But kudos for her for having fun, because she is fantastic at anything that she does. So she kind of has Deckard and Owen work together to help Dom as a favor. Uh, so they end up on Cypher's plane. Uh, Owen who's played by Luke Evans from Furious 6, uh, Fast 6. He goes up to the cockpit. He, he handles the pilots while Statham grabs a little B, and we get that really crazy shootout uh, with him holding little B as he's taking bullets to the back and, and shooting these guys up. 
really really fun scene he's he puts the little headphones on on little b and he's listening to the little chickmunks while he's just going to town on these dudes it's a really really awesome scene um another scene that i think about when when i hear the title the fate of ferris my mind goes straight uh to this this little b statham uh fight sequence here on the plane really really cool i i absolutely love it and then the last scene i have is is dom and the team versus the russian sub but in reality it's really dom versus the sub uh so he ends up so cypher gets really really pissed off that she's losing so she fires um the sea seeking missile from the sub uh dom's able to kind of distract the missile by he's got that I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a mechanic, but he's got the, um, some kind of exhaust thing on the back of his car that has the flame coming out of it. So he, you know, he revs the engine so that the flame can go higher. And that's how the heat seeking missile goes after him instead of the team. So he's driving around while this missile is uh, following him. He gets this bright idea to take out the sub with his own missile. So he drives back again, not really sure what the physics holds up here, but he drives up the sub kind of nicks his back end a little bit so where he turns and the missile goes into the sub and he's able to survive though um because the whole team comes in with their cars and blocks the fire which doesn't really work that's not how it works they all would have died dom definitely would have died but not being in the car so but you know it's still an action sequence it's still pretty pretty cool and that's pretty much the movie. Uh, I didn't put it on the list, uh, but we get the scene. The movie ends with, you know, uh, Statham handing a little B. You know, Dom, Dom's able to hold his son for the first time. And he names him Brian in front of the group. And everyone kind of gets their story, wraps up. Uh, Hobbs is offered his job back, but he declines it. He's retired to hang out with his daughter. Statham and Dom, I guess, are friends now. Um, everyone's happy and hunky dory and letty and dom get to raise a little bit together so that is the fate of the furious um definitely it's it's a tie between the prison break scene and deckard shaw and owen shaw re- rescuing a little bee on cypress plane probably leaning towards the little bee and statham fight on the plane it's really, really fun i get a kick out of it every time uh, so I think that is my most standout scene for me with the prison break being a really, really close second. So up next, we have favorite quotes. So I'm going to run through these favorite quotes here. The first one is I choose to make my own fate. That is from Dom. And then we have a couple from a few from Hobbs here. Actually, uh, I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. Dominic Toretto just went rogue, which is how I started off the episode today. Hobbs, I've been waiting a long time for this. Uh, one of the prisoners says this, and then Hobbs responds, keep waiting, bitch. Probably my favorite line of the whole movie. I just, I laugh every time that comes on. Another one from Hobbs, I'm going to punch your teeth so far down your throat, you're going to have to stick a toothbrush up your ass just to brush them, and then stick them in the, in, in the rock. Both laugh at that one. That was pretty funny. We'll get this one from the dispatcher. I don't care if you got to send the goddamn Boy Scouts. And then Letty, of course, responds, no, that's dumb. I just really got to kick. Me being a former Boy Scout, I got to kick out of that one. Uh, a couple from Roman here. Brian would know what to do. Very emotional. Really, they put this in here to remind you that Brian is still alive in the universe. Um, and then Letty, you know, responds, we all know we always promised 
to keep him out of it. Him and Mia are out of this business. We can't bring him back in. And then <laughs> another one from Roman 11. Number 11, my ass. This is kind of a running joke in the movie. I haven't really talked about this. So when Mr. Nobody brings up how the team, you know, made it to FBI's top most wanted list, um, everyone but Roman makes the top 10. Roman is just missed the cut by 11. And so that kind of ends up being a running joke about how he's number 11. Uh, and then he takes out, he does all that crazy stuff with the Lamborghini door and he shoots all those guys and he says number 11 my ass uh this one from queenie who is helen Mirren's character it's called the devil's bunghole or whatever and then statham responds it's called the god's eye mom really funny there you can tell helen Mirren is just having a blast on this set with lines like that uh, and then this last one from deckard aka jason statham was that you or him and then he sniffs and he goes him so during that fight with with uh the guys on cypher's plane he apparently he beats a guy so hard that he crapped himself <laughs> so they make so they snuck that joke in there to to ask to have deckard ask little b if he pooped or if that guy pooped and he sniffs and he goes that guy pooped <laughs> it's really funny i really like it but my favorite quote for sure is is the one from hobbs about keep waiting bitch in the prison i just really really like that Favorite stunt? It's definitely Deckard and Owen rescuing a little bee on the Cypress plane. Specifically, the part where Statham is carrying little bee uh, through the plane and shooting and, and beating the crap out of Cypher's goons. Uh, just, I love Jason Statham is probably one of the best action stars working in Hollywood right now. He's one of those actors that that prefers to do as much of the stunts as possible himself. Um, so it's really cool to get to see him in films because you know you're going to get an authentic fight from him because he puts in the training, he puts in the hard work to make it authentic. I put him right up there with you know Tom Cruise where he wants to have an authentic experience when it comes to the action. So I really, really respect that. He has Expendable 4s coming out, which he looks pretty good in there. Uh, he had the MiG-2, uh, the Trench come out a little bit ago. Uh, looks like there's a lot of action in there that he was a part of. I love him in Wrath of Man from Guy Ritchie. Uh, he did a lot of really cool action stunts in there. Uh, the first film I, I remember seeing him in is The Italian Job. He doesn't do a whole lot of action in that one. I think it's when he got into like Crank and the Transporters when he really started to lean into the action. Uh, but it's really cool to get the reunion between him and F. Gary Scott because, like I said in the back segment, F. Gary Scott directed the talent job. So he really got to kind of this little mini reunion with Statham. And then also Statham got this little reunion with Charlie Theron because she was in an Italian job as well. Uh, but, I can't, but I digress there. But Deckard is re was really cool in here. I'm really glad that they put Statham in this universe because he he will, at least with his action scenes, you'll get some authentic authenticity with his action scenes because like i said he's the guy that puts in the hard work and, and the training to make it as real as possible so i really really like it so definitely uh my favorite stunt of the film favorite car i had a little bit of a tough time with here there's some really really cool cars in here um i love dom's dodge dodge charger that he drives at the end of the film where the emp is hooked up to the back of it i think the look of it's awesome it's a beast it's He's able to take down a lot of stuff. He's got the EMP on the back. He's got the little flame coming out of the back from the exhaust. 
It's really, really cool. I, I really, really like that car. I love the design of it. Now we get to the negatives. Uh, I mentioned it before. Charlie's Thrones hair. Not a fan of the dreads. Gotta go. Pick something else. Really poor hairstyling choice there. Otherwise, she was perfect. I thought she was a great villain. Very menacing. One of the better actors in this franchise. Um, and she's great. Just don't like the hair. Another negative. Just, just no to everything that Scott Eastwood does in the film. Cut him out. We don't need little nobody. I know that he was good friends with Paul Walker. He's, I'm sure he was very, very emotional when when he passed away. Very devastated. I understand that he wanted to be a part of this film to honor his friend. He's just a bad actor. And I think he's in the movie way too much. Now, if he would have been more of a background character, maybe cut him into one or two scenes, I'll understand that. But the fact that he is now part of the team annoys me because I think he's such a bad actor and they're trying and he I don't know if he purposely did this but it seems like they were trying to make little nobody the new Brian and I did not like that whatsoever cut him out we don't need him another one this is what I was talking about with the sub Dom should be dead after taking out that sub I don't care if you have there's no way those cards can block that flame to prevent Dom from being burned to death he is dead after that missile destroys that sub and honestly everybody in the cars probably would be dead as well the physics just don't add up he would have died i know it's a fast and furious movie but it's it's just really it's really eye-rolling when you see this scene because you're like he would be dead i don't care if this is a movie that just that makes no sense he would be dead And but the biggest negative I have is what I keep saying through this entire episode. The film would be a hundred times better if Paul Walker was in it. It's just in another universe, Paul Walker didn't pass away. He was in the Fate of the Furious. We had a really good movie. It's just unfortunate that we're living in the reality where Paul Walker passed away and this is the Fast and Furious franchise now. And it's just it sucks, honestly. And it and it holds these films back. Because Paul Walker was such a huge part of the story. The Brian character made the film so enjoyable. And I just really, really love the Brian character. It's just really unfortunate that this is the world we live in now. Then I have a couple of burning questions. Now, this is a question I had before this rewatch. I finally looked it up and I figured it out. But when I first saw this film, this was a question that always popped in my head. How does Dom's car not shut off when the fire... When he fires the MP at the base. Well, turns out he's using an, a 60s version of the Dodge Charger that has no electronics in it whatsoever. So it is not affected by the MP. I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out. But that was always a question I had. How the hell does his car still run when he fires at EMP? And it's because he's using a late version of the Dodge Charger that had zero electronics in it. Now, this is the big question, and it's actually kind of brought up a bunch of times. Who would actually win in a fight? Hobbs or Deckard? Are you team Hobbs or are you team Deckard? I'm going to put this uh, attached it to the end of the episode in the description so you guys can vote on it. Uh, me, personally, I think Statham takes down Hobbs. I know Dwayne Johnson is a big guy. He has training. I think Statham is the better fighter. 
I think he has the speed, the training, the tactics to take down Hobbs. I am Team Deckard, but that is me personally. I can see the argument for Team Hobbs, but I think Team Deckard all the way takes down Hobbs. But like I said, I will post that at the end of the description of today's episode so you guys vote on it. I'm curious to see who is all Team Hobbs and Team Deckard. To end the episode, let's go over the Fast and Furious rankings. So here is the current rankings of the Fast and Furious franchise. Number one, Fast 5, 2, Furious 7, 3, Fast and Furious 6, 4, The Fast and the Furious, 5, Fast and Furious, he gave Fast and Furious 4, 6, Too Fast, Too Furious, 7 is where I put the Fate of the Furious, 8, Tokyo Drift, 9, Hobbs and Shaw, 10, Fast 10, and then 11, Fast 9, The Fast Saga. Now, the Fate of the Furious, I think, is in the right spot. Um, it's the better of the newer installments. I think I liked it better than Tokyo Drift. I had some issues with Tokyo Drift. But it's not quite there with Too Fast and Furious because I love Paul Walker so much. Uh, I know a lot of people are pretty down on Too Fast and Furious. I think if you listen if you listen to that episode uh, that I did, I, I'm actually a fan of it. Um, I love Roman and, and Brian's interactions there. Eva Mendez is awesome. We get to meet Tej for the first time. The villain is kind of whatever. I understand that. I know Charlize is a better villain. But I think overall the movie for me is more fun. I just have a lot, a lot of issues with Fate of the Furious, specifically, you know, Scott Eastwood's character, uh, the execution, uh, Charlie's Thrones hair, uh, just a lot of issues. So that's why it gets it's towards the bottom of the list, but it's still one of the better ones of these newer uh, installments for sure. I don't see it moving up at all. I think uh, I think it's right at this right at the right spot. Uh, when we get down to Hobbs and Shaw and Fast 9, I'm curious to see if those kind of switch around. Uh, but I think Fate of the Fierce is, is in this perfect spot, and it's not going anywhere. These bottom four are definitely not beating it. It's just going to be a matter of how these bottom four shape out within each other. Uh, and I'll talk about that more uh, on the Hobbs and Shaw episode and then Fast 9, uh, which we'll do afterwards. So we only have two episodes left uh, of the season. Uh, we won't be doing a breakdown of Fast 10 since it just came out this year. You can go back and check out the reaction episode that I did for Fast 10. Uh, but we will I will be doing Hobbs and Shaw and F9 to Fast Saga to wrap up the season. Uh, and then I will reveal Season 10 of Cinematic Reviews. And I'm super, super excited to announce what that season is going to be. Uh, but we have two episodes left of the Fast and season. Uh, it's bittersweet. I've had a blast watching these movies and doing the podcasts. Uh, one of my favorite franchises of all time. I'm glad I got to add this to the Cinematic Reviews library. Um, I'm really excited to to check out Hobbs and Shaw and F9 because I have not seen them since they came out. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw came back and came out in 2019, and then F9 came out came out a couple of years ago in 2021. So super excited to see how I feel about those after all these years. Uh, but yeah, those are the Fast and Furious rankings. Um, you can find those on IMDb and Letterboxd. Uh, all you have to do is just search for Cinematic Views, and it'll pull up all the lists that I have done. Uh, there's like 80 or 90 on there, and I'm constantly adding more on there. I'm going to add the Equalizer rankings on it in preparation for uh, Equalizer, Equalizer 3 that I'll be reacting to 
next on new release reactions. Uh, so I'll be kind of going rewatching the Equalizer movies and building up that list. So that'll be posted here shortly, and you guys can check that out if you are uh, heading out to see Equalizer 3 or if you're seeing Equalizer 3 and you're kind of curious how I rank those first two films. And then, of course, I'll talk about that in reaction episode. But, yeah, definitely check out all my rankings. It's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I love ranking franchises and, and movies together. So check them out on IMDb and Letterboxd. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this week's Fast and Furious episode. Tune in next time for the breakdown of Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. Also, check out new release reactions every week on the show. Next, I'll be reacting to The Equalizer 3, which is out now in theaters. So go out to your local theater and check that out and then come back and listen to my reaction uh, on Cinematic Reviews. Until then, always remember to live life a quarter mile at a time.